And we return after the winter break and there's been a major week for Birmingham City ladies. Two players were released by the club. We break down who they are and what happened and what we thought of their contributions to the club. We also preview Saturday's game against Sunderland. Welcome back to Great Sense 68, the Birmingham City Ladies podcast, brought to you as always by myself, Craig Hadley, and Chris Pugh. Thanks for joining me again, Chris. How are you tonight? I'm good, thank you, Craig. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year to yourself as well. Have you had a nice Christmas, Chris? Did you get up to much? Yeah, it was good. Uh, just with the family, really. So yeah, it was uh, nice and quiet. I had a, had a few days off work and then back into it. Only a few? Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was back on the Wednesday and Thursday. And then back on Tuesday this week as well, so no risk for the wicked. That's what they always say, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start this week then by looking at the news since we last joined you, which was, of course, uh, the WSL announcement about the clubs who are going to be joining WSL 1 and WSL 2 next season. The news since then is obviously the transfer window open, Chris, and the first name that went was uh, Bella Linden, and she was obviously a German international uh, previously. Uh, she never really got a chance uh, at Birmingham, Chris. Obviously, injuries hampered her uh, career here. And uh, it seems like it's a mutual decision. She obviously wants to play more. And uh, Mark Skinner's decided she possibly wasn't the right fit for him. Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, it's it's a shame, really. The whole story is a shame. I think you know she's been at the club for a year and a half and, and to only amass 10 appearances in that time is a real shame. Um, you know, the girls clearly got a lot of ability. Um, very confident player. Um, but unfortunately, with the with the constant injuries and, and it's taken her a long time to get back, it, and it's a difficult one for Mark. He wants to progress the squad and, and develop the squad and, and get as many, as many bodies as he can. I suppose her contract was expiring at the end of December and it, it was a case of do you do you gamble on her getting fit again um, or do we do we try and free up a bit of space for somebody else and, and, and they've gone down that route. In an ideal world, I think if, if Bella Linden is is 100% fit for Blues, then, then she's certainly good enough to be in our squad, maybe even starting 11. But unfortunately, circumstances have meant that that she she wasn't fit and and she wasn't able to get enough games for us. Yeah, as you say, it really is an, an unfortunate um, circumstance that we've had to let her go. Uh, she had that brief moment this season uh, against Watford in a friendly where she came on and scored two goals in the space of ten minutes, and it looked like yeah. it was the time where she was going to turn it around and bring uh, push forward into the season. But obviously, it's not going to happen that way. I think that's a sign of how frustrating it's been for her and Blues really that. You know, she comes on for 15 minutes in a in a friendly against Watford, and and straight away she can show what she's capable of. I think Mark's said on on a couple of occasions, you know, just she just couldn't get fit and couldn't maintain a a sustained period of fitness where where we could put her on the pitch for for a long time and and she could do her stuff. I think off the pitch as well, it's a shame because she's she was clearly very well liked. She was a a very popular player, and but probably. You know, thinking about it, the, the cold hard facts of it, it's probably the right decision and sensible decision for both parties, really. She's obviously played for the likes of Bayer Leverkusen and uh, Frankfurt in the past in Germany, Chris. Do you see her go yeah. back to Germany or do you see her trying to apply a trade still in England somewhere this season? Possibly, possibly back to Germany would be, you know, back where she's comfortable um, and she can get fit. You know, that, that, I think that's the biggest thing for Bella now is that 
you know, she she just needs to get game time and she needs to get playing 90 minutes again and again. Um, if she can do that, then then I'm sure she'll, you know, she'll start scoring goals for, for whoever she plays for. Definitely keep an eye on that one, Chris. Uh, obviously, it's um, for those who are interested, it's her birthday on the 15th of this month. So send her the best wishes to her later in this month for her birthday. Absolutely. Before we move on to the other departure, Chris, we'll talk about the ones who have signed new deals in this window. It's obviously Andrine Hegerberg and Marissa Ewers, part of the German contingent uh, Ewers was, uh, friends with obviously Bella Linden. So it's uh, it's nice that she's um, staying on despite her friend leaving, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think probably Marissa, you know, she, she's played more than, than Bella has been able to. But there's another person that has, um, you know, struggled with injuries, especially of late. But when she's... When she's on it as well, there's another girl with, with big experience and, and a lot of quality. Uh, and she can bring she brings a lot to the side. And the same with Andrean. He's, he's clearly, technically, a very, very good footballer. Um, one that has been touted, you know, obviously with her, with her sister being as good as she is um, and playing at Leon. I think there was, there's a few in the, in the French division that, that we're considering Andrew moving moving with Ida at Leon. Um, you know, she's she's highly rated, she's highly thought of, she's still very young. Um, and I think for us to secure her on a new contract is an excellent piece of business. I would I would agree with that, Chris. Andrean is obviously um, our top assist maker this season, and she's she's deserved that new contract. It, there was there was a bit of thing on Twitter I noticed. Um, her sister Ada put she was looking for a new challenge, and I was tempted to. Send Andrina a message and go. Just, just, just give her. Just give. Just ask the question. See if she, yeah. she, she fancies. Give her a, a gentle nudge in our direction. Yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? But yeah, I think it might be a little bit out of our budget range. <laughs> just, just a bit. But you, yeah. you, you can, you can dream, can't we? In That's in this transfer it, yeah. window. A deadline day move. You might still happen. Yeah. Speaking of deadline days, it's it's weird that the deadline is uh, the 25th instead of the end of the month. It's a weird weird way it falls on this. It started on the 29th of the month and ends on the 25th. It's a weird weird yeah. transfer windows to say the least. Yeah, I didn't even realise it was the 25th until um, until I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, so it's, it, it is a funny one. You know, they they don't publicise it very well either. Windows whether it was open or when it's closed, the FAWSL don't really. Um, don't really publicise that very well. We've got until the 25th, three weeks to do to do the business. Obviously, there's games going on at that time as well, so it's a it's a tricky one for clubs and managers to to do what they need to do. Yeah, as you say, Chris, a lot a lot of people are in the dark, fans and uh, some players alike, of who's going to get yeah. the contracts and stuff. And it's uh, it'll be interesting over the three weeks, as you say, uh, who comes in, who leaves at different clubs. London Bees announced a player today from Villa. Katie Wilkinson, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in these three weeks. See who comes in at different clubs. Obviously, uh, Nadia Nadim's gone into Man City. Yeah, uh, Harding to Reading as well was announced yesterday. So it's interesting because you look at the teams who who are going to be in WSL one next year. Teams like Brighton, you know, will Brighton make a move for any any big players in in these three weeks so that they can gel with the squad and blend with the squad before next season or will they just wait until the summer window? Um, So I think it will be an interesting three weeks to see what, what teams do and how they plan for next season. 
be indeed uh, an interesting period to see who comes in as you say i would probably le- uh, lean towards brighton doing more business in the summer when they know the players um a lot of the top clubs are gonna maybe release at the end of their contracts and see yeah. who they can bring in on a free without having to make a transfer but with the likes of sunderland and doncaster as well there's going to be a, a, a big hunt for those players who are, who are playing well for sunderland and doncaster knowing that they're not going to be in wsl1 next year um, and I think the likes of Brighton will be will be looking to, to join that queue, definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Obviously, uh, Sunderland, in their current form, won't be entering, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion that they might um, put a team in some shape or form in March. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. We have, we've put it off as far as we can, Chris, but we're going to have to talk about the subject of the month. and that's. Uh... I think I've got to go now, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't want to say anything too bad, Chris, but obviously the, the, the club um, announced the they were going to release Chloe Peplow. She's been there for 13 years, I think it is, from the youth setup yeah. all the way to the first team. She's obviously been on loan at Doncaster Bells this season. Almost a year on from when she signed her first professional contract, she's been released, Chris, and uh, what are your thoughts on that? I put on Twitter when, when it happened, football's a game of opinions and the fans can have all the opinions they want. But at the end of the day, we we have the manager and, and we have the we have the club uh, and we have to trust their decision. Um, it's for me, to not just for me, I think I think a lot of Blues ladies fans were, were a bit dismayed, to say the least, at the decision. Um, I, I just... For me, I don't understand it. I, I think there is. I've I've seen enough in Chloe that I think there's a very very good footballer there. We speak a lot about Blues as as a club that brings through young English players and develops them and makes them better. And it's a place where young English talent wants to be. You know, that that's been the case for a long time. If if you're young. And, and you're hungry, then Blues is a really good place to be and they can help you develop. Um, so I think, I think to let her go is, is a very strange one. Um, maybe, there's, maybe he's got plans, maybe he's got ideas in his head about midfielders he wants to bring in either this window or in the summer. But um, for me, it's a, really, it's a really disappointing one. I think, I think Chloe is a, you know, this, this is me speaking, but you could, you could have any Blues ladies fan on and I think they'll say the same. I've seen enough in Chloe to suggest that she's more than good enough to, to be in our first team right now, I think. Never mind in, in a few years' time when she gets better and better. From Chloe's point of view, it, I think it's, it's probably similar. I think she's, she's sad to, to have gone. You know, she's got a World Cup coming up and she, she's got to think about that, I suppose, in the summer. But in an ideal world, she'd want to, she'd want to continue at Blues, I think. But I think, I think it is. I think it's very, very sad. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's obviously um, anyone who's been at a club for that long, uh, no matter what level it is, it's always sad to see them go. Yeah. Um, she's obviously uh, moved herself up through the ranks of Birmingham as as well as England. She's gone through the under 17s and England 19s and now under 20s recently against the likes of United States uh, in December in that Florida tournament. The girls had a very good tournament over in Florida, and I think she, again she was she was one that maybe it is me just be slightly biased but she's one that that always stands out she always looks comfortable on the ball she you know she's confident in her own ability and um i don't know it's a difficult one again because uh, as football fans you especially in the women's game um i saw i saw a couple of people put put a similar uh, tweet out to this 
you know, you do, you, you grow to know the players and, and, you know, the players make an effort with you. And I suppose that's one good thing, one brilliant thing about the women's game is that the connection with the players and the squad and the manager is still there. But it, it you know, it's difficult when those players leave then. And, and I think for, for Chloe especially, it's, it's a very disappointing for for the fans' perspective because they they saw that girl grow and get better and better and come through the ranks and uh, and play development and then into the first team and you know come on in the FA Cup final and things like that. But the club feel that they that they want to go a different way and possibly they don't think that she's good enough at, at the moment to to get into our team. You have to trust the gaffer. You have to trust the club and, uh, and move on. Yeah, as you say, it's um, we've got to put trust in the manager uh, and see where he takes us from this point. Um, obviously, last year, the uh, former manager, David Parker, suggested uh, that there was a lot of uh, top WSL1 clubs looking at Chloe when she signed her first contract with Birmingham. Do you see the likes of maybe Man City, uh, Arsenal, Liverpool looking around and uh, looking at Chloe, do you think? If they want to go English, then, then you know there's a player out of contract there that that in in a couple of years would, would I feel would be good enough to grace most teams in the division. Um, the track record of those clubs at the moment suggests that maybe that's not the route they want to go down. There, you know, the the need for instant success, if you like, for the likes of Chelsea and Man City and Arsenal might, might persuade them or, or push them to go elsewhere. But you know, I, I think any other WSL club, she's banging on the door really. And certainly it would be a massive surprise to me not to see her in WSL 1 for somebody next season. Yeah, I would agree with that. Perhaps she might go to Reading and join the Birmingham contingent that's growing. What, uh, have, they, have they got any space left? <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be signing everybody left, right and centre at the moment. But um, yeah, she's got experience of uh, of learning from the likes of Joe Potter and Jade Moore and Remy Allen. You know, she, when she was coming through, those girls were at Blues and, and my, maybe if that's... If that's something that Reading want to want to go for again, she can learn more from them. I don't know whether Reading would be would be one that would be interested in that, but um, yeah, like I said, I'd, I'd certainly be very surprised not to see her in WSL one. As someone as someone who's got to know her, Chris as a fan, do you see her having the potential to play abroad? Do you think she would want to do that, or do you think she's more at uh, home in England? <sighs> that's a difficult one. I, I I think if the opportunity came, I, th- I don't think it's one that she'd she'd turn down you know, flatly like sort of thing. Um, it's, it's a possibility. Um, I think some of the girls that are in her under 23 group with England are over in America at the moment. Um, the likes of Patton and Wuben Moy, I think have gone over to America and she knows those girls, Georgia Allen, she knows from England as well. So it's a possibility if, if, if the opportunity came, she's got the world at her feet at the moment. You know, she's a, she's a young English player that, that he is very a very good footballer, um, and she can go on a free. The, the number of suitors will be will be large, um, and it, and it's up to her where where she decides to go, where she wants to go. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, the, the more England players playing abroad, uh, in contrast to like the men's game, where it's pretty much uh, non-existent until recent yeah. years, with likes of likes of Welsh Gareth Bale going to Real Madrid and. In like older years, you had Gary Lineker was obviously the standout one that went to yes. Barcelona. But in but in like m- more modern times, it really isn't that common that you see like English players playing abroad in the men's game. 
No, not at all. And, and I think it's good. I think it. I think it can help. Do you know? We've we, we've seen Ellie Brazil go to Fiorentina this last summer. It's very good for the young girls to at a young age as well, especially to to learn new new tricks abroad and and to develop themselves as a person. You know, you've got to grow up quickly. And I think Paige Williams has. I spoke about this a couple of times you know obviously she went to Italy when she was younger as well and it does it makes you grow up and it makes you makes you have to learn quicker and 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 become a, a better person and a better player quicker a lot of girls go over to America on the on the college courses and things like that it's definitely an approach that I think it's good for players to have it's a brave move for players to do especially young players but in the long run I think it helps develop the player yeah, it would, it's, it's certainly an interesting uh, debate playing abroad against playing in England, and hopefully yeah. it's uh, a prosperous thing for England in the future, like Ellie Brazil, as you mentioned, playing abroad, and Tony Duggan and the likes of that. You certainly hope so, yeah. Moving now on, Chris, to a recent interview that Mark Skinner, the manager, did. He talked about uh, looking forward uh, and how he wants to change the club since uh, the days under David Parker. He's, he's obviously looked to bring in a different type of style this season uh, since the spring series, really, and tried to be more uh, more of an attacking team. Uh, do you think we've scored uh, 14 goals in the nine games we've played so far this season, but we've also conceded 15. Do you think we have to find the right balance between attack and defence? Because obviously we were known for our uh, imperious defence in recent years, and obviously it's changed now. Do you think more of an attacking football is likely to bring in more crowds or do you think it's the the detriment of results i think i think you're right in 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 what you say that you have to find that blend um you know in an ideal world you're brilliant going forward and you're rock solid at the back the one criticism of, of the david parker era i suppose that you could say is that we we were reliant on on bits of magic really to get our goals whether it was karen carney or or joe potter set pieces or things like that you know we 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 certainly weren't the most free flowing, you know, going forward. Um, but we were always solid at the back. I think we've conceded ten goals in in the five league games this season. But we, we've had tough games. You know, we, we've had Arsenal away where we conceded three, and and Man City we, we've played as well. And you know, two of those goals at Man City were in the last minute. Um, I think it's a it's a tricky one. The style of play, I would I would say, from my perspective as a fan, has got better. Um, I enjoy watching this side. We try and keep the ball. We try and play in, in the right way. You know, we, we get the ball down and, and we get as many people involved as we can. Um, Ellen White's been a miss. You know, if, if you had a 100% fit Ellen White and, and Hegerberg and, and all these players available to us, then then maybe we look a little bit different. I think Lucy Quinn's brought a, a directness to us that, that has been has been helpful. And obviously Hayley Ladd in the middle of the park has, has kept us ticking over well. I think defensively we're, we're still pretty, we're still a pretty good outfit. You know, I, I look at our defence and I don't really see many holes in it, many problems with it. Um, it is getting that blend and, and that's what Mark's got to do now. He's got to get that. He's had the spring series and, and obviously this season with nothing riding on it as well, he, he could probably do the same sort of thing with the with the, with the the back end of this season, you know, but with, with trialling a few things and, and making sure that he's happy with this, that and the other. But then we've got to get going at the start of next season then when the relegation's on the line or, or you know, Champions League's on the line again, you know, that that's when you've got to 
you've got to hit the ground running and, and hopefully we'll have, we'll have ironed a few things out and, and got things sorted out by the time next season comes around. Interesting to see. Um, Mark also went on to mention that Anne could be back in training in the next three to four weeks, which is outstanding given what yeah, she's been through. Yeah, that would be a brilliant boost. You know, it, it was pretty bad. You know, it, it was obviously sad news that, that she was diagnosed and, and my initial thought was we won't see her until next season. But if she is back... As, as soon as that then it that's that's testament to to her courage and her bravery to to get through it and and get back on the pitch absolutely we'll move on to our preview shortly but first i'd like to talk to you about simply cook simply cook is a subscription-based recipe box that delivers you the spices and pastes to really bring out your creative side in the kitchen simply cook has 76 fantastic recipe cards to choose from and you will receive four of them at a time I personally use the service and have done so since May and have tried at least 48 of the recipes on offer. How does it work? You sign up, choose the recipes that you want to try and they deliver the spices and paste to your door. All you need then is to buy the fresh ingredients from the shop and you are away. Broaden your cooking today and try Simply Cook. Simply go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Simply Cook 68. That's bit.ly forward slash Simply Cook 68. Sign up and you will have your first box half price. Help support the show today and try this great service today. We'll move now on to the preview for the Sunderland game. Sunderland have got six points from their six games. Uh, Stephanie Roach uh, has been missing for the entire season through injury. Do you see that's a big miss, Chris? Obviously, she had the big moment being runner-up for one of the goals of the season, the Pushcast Award in FIFA. That was obviously a a world-class strike and, and anybody who could put that that sort of goal in that sort of performance in is um, is a threat. Um, I think I think they've they've been very very good. I think I think a lot of people wrote them off. You know, to be fair, including me um, at the start of the season. You know, but I think that I think it was their first game of the season. They won away at Reading. You know, they've shown a lot of a lot of courage, a lot of heart, a lot of desire. You know, they've got. They have got good players. Rachel Laws is a very good goalkeeper. Lucy Staniforth, a, a very good creative player. At home, they're going to be a dangerous side. But Mark's mentioned the fact that we've had some tough games, you know, on paper, having Arsenal and Man City and away at Liverpool, away at Reading as well. You know, I think he, he's he's targeting these games coming up now, the teams who are in and around us. I think it's important that we start the year with a bang and push on from there with, with, with a couple of games coming up in January afterwards. Obviously, including the uh, Stephanie Roach goal in previous seasons was a great goal. There was another great goal from another Sunderland player earlier in the season, which was in the same week as Lucy Quinn scored that cracker against Man City. That was Lucy Stanley fourth scoring against Liverpool. What a week of goals that was for us uh, to witness as women's football fans. Uh, obviously, she's going to be a threat as well going into this game. But Sunderland... In terms of goals, have been struggling this season. They've only scored four and conceded 18. Simona Corran is the only striker to have scored a goal. The other three have come from the midfield. Do you think uh, they're kind of like uh, Birmingham in previous years, Chris? They're just not finding the goals? Obviously, with Stephanie Roach out, it's a big miss. And obviously, losing the likes of Beth Mead in recent seasons. It's amazing to see Sunderland have uh, been able to match a lot of teams this season, given their um, limited resources and dropping down to a part-time basis. Yeah, I think that's that's testament again to to the heart and desire that they've that, that they've shown this season. You know, they're they're not technically the best. They haven't got the best squad. They haven't got the the, the best players in the league. But 
they work hard as a unit. Um, you know, you mentioned Stanley Forth. She, she's always she's always a threat. She's always dangerous. Um, defensively, Victoria Williams is 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 a big part of their defence, and and Rachel Laws, you know, in goal. I think you know they're they're the sort of team that are they're not going to blow teams away. They're not going to batter teams, but you know that they'll dig in and they'll defend well. They'll try and hold out as long as possible against big teams. Um, it's a game that will be targeting, and Mark Mark will be targeting. I'm sure it's the same for them. They'll be looking at it saying, well. We're above them as it stands. Can we can we push away from them and give ourselves a bit of a gap? Them being at home, you know, and they'll want to start the year well as well. It could be a big moment for Blues fans. Obviously, with uh, Ellen White was back in training this uh, past week, she could get a few more minutes. Uh, well, a few minutes in the Sunderland game. That will be good news for all the fans. Obviously, Charlie Wellings is back from that Florida tournament now. She hasn't missed a single game since the start of the season. Obviously, if those two start playing again together, Chris, they could create that partnership that we saw earlier in the season, which um, provided goals against the likes of Arsenal. Yeah, that and it was. It was, you know, they were just starting to tick and they were, you know, I think the Arsenal game, Hegerberg set both of White's goals up and then Ellen White set Wellings up for her goal in the Everton game as well. And they were just starting to, to build a partnership and, and get something going. And, it, you know, so it was a, a real shame that, that Ellen had to miss the, the 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 amount of games that she did at the back end of the year. I'm almost certain Charlie will be back in, and it, Ellen can get a few minutes as well. That'll be you know a massive boost for Blues and and the fans and, and the team overall. You know to have that focal point back up front. Yeah, she's missed seven of the nine games this season so far, Ellen White, and and uh, when she's back, the better. Obviously, she scored three goals before she got injured. And Charlie Wellings is on free herself, so it'll be nice to see them trying to fight it out for the golden boot with the Birmingham ladies players this season. Um, yeah, I, 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 Mark, Mark mentioned Mark's mentioned a couple of times. You know, you you can't just use the excuse that oh Ellen's not Ellen's not fit, Ellen's not playing. You know, so so that's the excuse that we're not scoring. But but she is a massive part of. Of, of the squad and a massive part of the first team you know when she is fit striking up a partnership with with Charlie and, and Charlie can learn and develop alongside someone like Ellen White it's it's invaluable experience for them um, so yeah absolutely the, the sooner they're back in the side the better absolutely Chris um, the game for those who can't make it to Sunderland's uh, home stadium up in the north it will be shown on, I think it's on Facebook on Saturday night. Six o'clock kickoff on Facebook Live. Maybe it'll be Gills on the ball doing the commentary again. I'm not sure. They've been doing a few games this season for uh, the WSL in on Facebook. I haven't really caught any of the games because the ones... I've always been at the Birmingham games when they've been doing it. So but Yes, yeah. Including the game when they did the Birmingham game when I was at uh, Witness. At Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were good for the Liverpool one, to be fair. We, we couldn't get to that one... Um, but their, their commentary was pretty good, actually. There you go. It's always good to see other um, fans of the women's game. Uh, obviously, them, they've been there since like pretty much the beginning. They've been yeah. covering the game. I don't know how they can afford to go to the, so many countries, <laughs> but it's incredible. They're massively dedicated. And, they are. Uh, you know, and it is brilliant to see. You You know, it, it, it's those those girls are, are the type of fans that, that you want to build the women's game for. You know, that the, the, they deserve the the success of the women's game as much as the players do. Absolutely. We'll want to see it reach the the levels that like the US fans get, seeing huge crowds, seeing women's football, and that's uh, what we can dream and we hopefully will get in the near future. Now we're moving on to the predictions, Chris. I know you like the predictions. 
Love it. You usually go for 2-1. It, it usually works out for you. What, what do you think the score is going to be this week, Chris? You mentioned Sunderland. I think you've only scored four goals in the league. You know, we're, we're not prolific goal scorers ourselves. Uh, I don't think there'll be a lot in it. There might be, I th- mind you, the last time we went there, I think we won 7-1. Um, I think that was near the end of the season, though, wasn't it, Chris? Nothing to play for. Yeah, I think it was the last game of the season, yeah. Um, I will go. I have to be optimistic. Um, and I will go for a 1-0 Blues win. Chris is going to go for a 1-0 win, that is. And I'm going to go... I'm going to be optimistic. The new year, new optimistic, Craig. I'm going to go for Good. 3-1. Oh, lovely. That's all for this week off Great Since 68. Uh, thank you for bearing with us as we get back into the swing of things in the new year. Hopefully it will get smoother as the year progresses. Uh, thanks again to Chris for joining me. Chris, how can they find you on the social media? Yeah, so on Twitter, uh, if you go and follow at AWCAIB. And you can follow me at Craig Hadley. If you haven't listened to the news, I'm changing all the social media accounts for uh, it was Damson Park Dames and Great Since 68, and they're combining into one. It's just going to be Great Since 68 going forward. I thought it was a bit easier. It, it, it was a confusion between the two names, and it's obviously one name, one brand. We we know what we're supporting, Birmingham City. Easier for people to find, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've been tinkering with a few designs for logos and stuff, and you've probably seen them on social media if you've if you're listening to this, the dedicated ones that do listen to this. <laughs> um, I, I sincerely thank you all for listening to this show, and hopefully we continue to build this as the women's game builds itself as well. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see everyone next time. Keep right on. <laughs>